Well, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of Romans, chapter number 12. Book of Romans, chapter number 12 this morning. Romans chapter 12, we're going to read verses 4 through 8. Paul writes and he says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body or the church. We are many parts of one body. Say many parts. Say one body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Say different gifts. Say certain things. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have been given a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Father, one more time, I thank you, Father, for your infallible, your incredible, your miraculous, your life-altering and life-changing word. God, I pray that's exactly what your word will do today. God, I pray that not only will we hear your word today, but I pray we will put in practice what we receive today. Father, all for your glory we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord, and you may be reseated. This morning. Well, last Sunday we, bre- we began a new series called The Core. Say the core. the core. Now, a core is the part of something that is central to, his exi- to its existence or character. In this series, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about our core values and we're going to talk about our core doctrines. Now, our core values are are who we are, our core doctrines are what we believe. Now, the word for the year that we believe the Lord has given to us, and that is the word impact, impact. But I believe that in order, in order for us to have a significant impact, we're going to have to have a solid core of people who are focused on who God wants us to be. Could you agree with that this morning? Now, we have seven core values at the Grace Place, seven values that we focus on. These are not the only things that we value, but these are our core values. These are our, our, our priority. These are the things that we, that, that we focus on, seven values that define us, seven values that give us direction and give us purpose. Let me remind you of the four that we talked about last Sunday, and then we're going to talk about the last three this morning. Now, remember, these are in no particular order. First of all, last Sunday, we said that we value serving people, serving people. We are a multi-generational and a multicultural church. At the Grace Place, we love people. We love people. We love all people. We love all colors. We love all cultures. And and we we endeavor to create an atmosphere of caring. 
our mission statement is we are caring people, caring for people. Not only do we value serving people, but we also value sincere worship, sincere worship. Now, our style uh, could be defined as contemporary, but not over the top. Our spirit could be defined as positive, upbeat, and joyful. That's who we endeavor to be. But we also value, number three, we, we value sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. You'll notice that we don't hide the offering box at the back of the church here at the Grace Place. We clap when, when offering time is announced because the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. We believe our giving is a tangible expression of our faith. The fourth core value that we talked about last Sunday is we value sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. Missions is, is huge at the Grace Place. Our desire is to see the fingerprints of our church literally all over the world. 120 missionaries receive a check from the Grace Place every single month. Can I tell you that I'm a hero to the missionary? My wife was at a meeting yesterday. She came back from that district meeting and she said, the missionaries of our district absolutely love you. There are missionaries in our district I've never even met, and yet we send them a check every single month. Our heart, our heart beats, amen, for missions, and we, are, we love missionaries, and we love joining uh, hands with them and seeing, seeing the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ literally shared around the world. Our church has has given over a million dollars to missions the last three years. If you take the last three years' missions giving and add them all up, and you'll find that we have given over a million dollars to missions in the last three years. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that incredible? Amen. Yeah, come on. We are passionate about sharing the gospel for two reasons. Number one, because it is the heart of God. And number two, it is the hope of the world. Well, that gets everyone caught up, and uh, uh, let me just say that if you were not here last Sunday to hear the message, I encourage you to get on our website and listen. Now, to be a part of the core of this church will include aligning yourself to the vision and mission of this house. You see, we do more, much, much more than just have church here. And I know there's a lot of churches, and that's all they do. All they do and all they're concerned with is just having church. But let me tell you that at the Grace Place, we do far more than just have church. Oh, we have a God-given vision, and we are laser-focused on fulfilling it. All right, let's look at our fifth core value and our first for today. Number five, we value sowing practical truth. We value sowing practical truth. In Third uh, John, verse number 4, the Bible says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. At the Grace Place, we desire to present an uncompromised word of God and how it applies to our daily lives and in a manner that is easily understood. Let me tell you, at the Grace Place, we will preach and teach the whole 
Bible. Not just the politically correct parts. We're going to work hard at presenting a balanced presentation as well as a consistent message. You'll find out that our message will be very practical in nature. Why is that? Because we believe that the principles of God's Word are up to date. We believe that the principles of God's Word are applicable to our everyday lives. Hey, by the way, we offer two opportunities for receiving practical truth. The first one is you're experiencing it this morning, and that is through our Sunday morning celebration service. There's also another opportunity made available to you, and that is called Wednesday Night Cultivation Class. And we encourage you not only to come and celebrate with us on Sunday morning, but we encourage you to come back on Wednesday night and cultivate the Word of God. Oh, there's three, four classes or so designed especially for the adults, amen, to disciple them, to teach them, to train them, to mentor them, to move them forward and make them more like Jesus Christ. I encourage you to be a part of those cultivation classes. We will also be adding a third opportunity. A third opportunity. And this is for those who are new to Christ or those who are beginners in their faith journey. And we're calling it Discipleship 101. A 101. And Discipleship 101 will begin the first Sunday of March. This class will run from 9.45 a.m. through 10.45 a.m. So here's what you can do. If you fit in that category, you could go to this class, and then you could stay for the second service, the 11 o'clock worship service. Look in your bulletin for more information. Well, let's get back to our core values of sowing practical truth. Let me suggest three things about truth. Three things about truth. First of all, let me suggest that truth is painful. Truth is painful. Hebrews 4 and 12 says the word of God is alive and powerful. It says it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Truth is painful. Sometimes the truth hurts. How many know that getting cut on by a sharp knife is painful? It's painful. And let me tell you something else, it's not, always, it's not always fun to be the messenger. Because sometimes people shoot at the messenger. But here's what we need to understand about pain this morning, and that is pain isn't all bad. Pain isn't all bad. Pain is actually a good thing because it is a warning to us that something is wrong. And once we are warned and made aware of what's wrong, we can then do something about it. Without the warning sign of pain, the situation could, could go beyond the point of, of correction or beyond the point of adjustment. But not only is truth painful, let me tell you that truth is also powerful. Truth is powerful. John 8 and 32, oh, the word of the Lord says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 through 4 says, preach the word. And then Paul tells Timothy what he should preach. He says, he says, patiently correct and rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. Here's why. He said, because the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. 
They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. Well, here's what I say this morning. If you chase after myths, you will be myth-staken. Truth is powerful. Truth is powerful. Listen, truth, if applied, has the power to change lives. And let me tell you that I give you powerful, practical truth every Sunday morning. I'm not bragging on my preaching this morning. I am telling you that I preach the word to you every single morning, every single Sunday morning. And as I preach the word, I am giving you powerful and practical truth. And I will tell you this morning that if you will believe the truths that I present to you, and if you will practice these biblical truths, these powerful, practical truths will literally change your life. See, not only will they take you to heaven, but they will provide you with a little bit of heaven to go to heaven in. But I would also say this this morning, just sitting in here and hearing truth will not change you, but applying these truths will. See, people go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday with little or no change taking place in their life. Only those who apply truth will encounter change. Well, not only is truth painful, not only is it powerful, but let me tell you that truth is purposeful. Purposeful. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Say useful. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I want you to notice all the different purposes of Scripture mentioned in these two verses. First of all, the Bible says that the Word of God teaches us what is true. If you want to know what is true, you need to get into the Word of God because you know that in the Word of God, truth can be found. Not only does it say that Scripture teaches us what is true, but it also says that Scripture causes us to realize what is wrong in our life. Listen, if you want to know what is wrong in your life, you don't need me to tell you what is right and what is wrong. The Word of God will teach and train you and tell you what is right and what is wrong in your life. It goes on to say the Word of God corrects us. It goes on to say that the Word of God prepares us and equips us. Us. Oh, wow, wow, can you see, oh, can you, can you now see why it's so important to come to the house of God every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night to hear God's word taught and preached? Do you see why it is so important to read the word of God every single day, amen, not just depend upon the pastor or the preacher or the teacher, but also every single day to open the word of the Lord and see what the, Lord of the word of the Lord would have to, to, to say to you that day? Now do you see why sowing practical truth is one of our core values? Do you? I received a text yesterday. It's not unusual for me to receive a text or an email or to hear something like this. But, 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 I, but I, uh, I received a text yesterday. And the text, let me read it to you. It says, hi, Pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for the teachings you have taught. This person says, today your financial teaching came into play. 
said, I had to take Mike to the doctor. I'm going to paraphrase here, but it says, because of several bills that are due, we didn't have the extra money to pay the doctor or pay the medicine bill. But because of our emergency fund that you taught us to have, we had the money we needed. Wow, that encourages me and that encourages me that, hey, somebody is listening. Not everybody is listening. Obviously, everybody's not listening, but some people are. And because some people are, I'm going to continue to sow practical truth. Well, notice another one of our core values. We value the sanctity of family. The sanctity of family. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 1 says, wise people build their homes. What do wise people do? Wise people build their homes. Foolish people tear them down with their own hands. Did you know that people are literally tearing their own family down with their own hands? The things that they say, the things that they do, the things that they involve themselves in, the things that they don't do. Let me tell you that at the Grace Place, we are all about family. See, not only are we a multicultural church, we are also multi-generational. Multi-generational. We appreciate and we attempt to minister to all ages. We're not just focused on one age. We're not just focused on one generation, but we are multi-generational. And we love every generation and we honor and we respect and we try to minister to every generation in the church. Fact of the matter is we have specific ministries for and specific people assigned to every age group. See, we understand as the family goes, so goes the church. We understand that the church is only as healthy and as strong as its families. Let me suggest three things here about the family. Three things I want to talk about concerning the family. And first of all, let me tell you that family is a priority. Family is a priority. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. The Bible says, so God created human beings, male and female. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it interesting that the very first institution ever established was the family? And it was established by God. Family is a priority. Let me help you with a list of priorities. I gave them to you recently, but it's good to reiterate, and you need to hear them over and over. Let me help you with the list of priorities. Pastor, what is my priorities? What should my priorities be in my life? Well, let me help you with them. Let me tell you, number one is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. Not your work for God, not your ministry, your your relationship with God should be your number one priority. Number two, if you're married, your number two priority should be your spouse. Your spouse, right under God, should be the relationship you have with your husband or your wife. Number three, if you have kids, it should be your kids. And don't get these out of order. Don't get these out of order, and they are out of order in a lot of people's lives, and they wonder why there's problems in the family because the priorities are out of order. Your relationship with God is number one. Your relationship with your spouse is number two. Not your relationship with your kids. Your relationship with your spouse is number two. Your relationship with your kids is number three. Don't get those out of order. Listen, listen, your spouse you will have for, for the whole time. Your kids will only be under your roof for a certain amount of time. Now, I understand that time is being lengthened these days. And then the fourth 
uh, priority would be your occupation. If you're in ministry, that's your occupation. If you're not, your occupation is number four. And then number five is your ministry for God. Your ministry for God should be number five. And then number six is everything else as it goes down the line. Well, let me say not only is family a priority, but let me tell you that family is a privilege. Family is a privilege. Proverbs 12 and 4 says, a worthy wife is a crown for her husband. And and I know this to be true because I've been crowned by my wife a few times. Amen? (laughs) Proverbs chapter 23, verse 24 and 25 says, the father of godly children has cause for joy. It says, what a pleasure. Say pleasure, not pressure, pleasure. (laughs) Pressure also, amen. But what a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she be happy who gave birth to you. And then Psalm 127 and verse number 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Family is a privilege. Family is a privilege. We should love our family. We should cherish our family. We should protect our our family. We should invest in our family. By the way, talking about investing in your family, I'm teaching an eight-week course right now on marriage on Wednesday night. If you're not in a class already, come out at seven o'clock Wednesday night and get in my class on marriage. Well, notice the third thing about family, and that is family is perplexing. It is. Family is perplexed. There are no perfect families. No perfect families. Amen? Let me tell you what I've discovered, and that is families that work are families that work on their families. Families that work are families made up of people who learn to be patient with one another. Made up of people that try to understand one another. Made up of people who don't require perfection from one another. They're made up of people who have their priorities straight. But it's true this morning. Family is perplexing and it it requires consistent maintenance and adjustment. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 28 says, People who marry will have troubles. Verse 33 of 1 Corinthians 7 says, A married man has to think about his responsibilities and about how he's going to please his wife. And verse 34 says, A married woman will have her responsibilities and be concerned with how she will please her husband. See, see, being a godly spouse is not easy. And being a godly parent isn't either, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Family is perplexing sometimes. How many would agree with me this morning? Family is perplexing sometimes, especially especially when our sweet, loving, parent-worshiping children become teenagers. Somebody said parenting teenagers helps you understand why some animals eat their young. One of our seven core values is the sanctity of family. All right, let's look at the seventh and final core value at the grace place. At the grace place, we value striving for excellence in all things. Striving for excellence 
in all things. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Say with all your might. See, mediocrity is unacceptable at the grace place. We strive for excellence in everything we do. That includes our facility. That includes our presentations. That that includes all of our ministries. And the list goes on and on and on. So let me say three things about excellence as it pertains to us. And that first one is our definition of excellence. Because I want you to understand. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm talking about. So let me give you our definition of excellence. Our definition. Say ours. Now, somebody else is not what the dictionary, not our. I'm just, I want you to be on the same page. This is our definition of excellence. Here it is. Our definition of excellence at the Grace Place is doing the best we can with what we have. Doing the best we can with what we have. You see, excellence to us is not doing something better than somebody else. That's not excellence. Excellence has to do with taking the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that are available to us, say to us, and then doing our absolute very best with those gifts, those talents, and those abilities that have been entrusted to and given to us. See, see, see we won't be held accountable for somebody else's gifts and somebody else's talents and somebody else's abilities, but you need to hear this this morning, both as a church and as indiv- individuals, we will be held accountable for what we did with ours. One day, and you hear me say it often, but I want you to hear this. And when I repeat something, it's not because I don't have anything else to say. It's because it's very important, and I want you to get it. And when I leave here, one of these days, and I'm no longer your pastor, I want you to be able to say, you know what pastor said? Well, you know how pastor used to say? Well, remember when pastor said, listen, there are churches that I pastored 20, 25, 30 years ago. I see on Facebook, and they say, you know what pastor Benson used to say? You know when pastor Benson was here, he would say, so it's not that I'm not, you know, not I don't have anything else to say. It's that these are the things that I believe God wants me to say. These are the things that I believe God wants us to hear. And these are the things that I want you to remember and that are most important. One day at the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus is going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ... Jesus is going to ask you. He's going to ask me. He's going to ask all of us. He's going to ask us as individuals. He's going to ask me as the leader of this church. He's going to ask the leadership of this church, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you gifts. I gave you talents. I gave you abilities. What did you do with what I gave you? Now, there are two things that I include in my daily prayer. I pray God help me to be found faithful, And I pray, God, help me to be found fruitful. When I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I want to be found faithful and I want to be found fruitful. And I also include in my prayer, I pray, Lord, help me do things right and help me do right things. I want to do things right and I want to do right things. You see, you see, we not only want to do things with excellence. We don't only want to do things right. We don't only want to do things with with excellence, but we also want to do the right things, the things God wants us to do, the things God has called us to do, the things God has gifted us to do, the things that God has equipped us to do. He hasn't equipped us all to do the same things. He has something different for all of us to do, and so he's given us different equipment to be able to do what he's equipped us to do. 
I didn't do what the pastors before me did, and I won't do what the people that follow me do because that was not what God, the time God was calling me to this body and to this people. Amen. But he's called me for such a time as this, and he's going to use my gifts, my talents, my abilities that I have and what I have to offer this church for this particular time in the history of this church. Once I'm gone, he'll bring in somebody else with different gifts, with different talents, with different abilities. Amen. They'll do something. They'll take you to another level and take you to other places, but that is the will of God and the way God works. See, there are a host of things that we could do. But are they the things that God has called us to do? See, people come to us all the time. We get emails. We get texts. We get letters. We get, you know, there are a lot of things, you know. How, you know, this church over here is doing this, and that one was doing that one. And, you know, the church I came from, we did this. Well, if it's so good over there, what are you doing over here? I didn't say that, did I? I'm too sweet for that. Hey, there's a host of things we could do, but are they the things God has called us to do? And this is a question that we continually ask ourselves, especially in the leadership of the Grace Place. What has God called us to do? What does God want us to do specifically and particularly? And here's what we need to constantly remind ourselves, and that is we're not in competition with any other church. Not in competition with any other church. And we don't do something at the Grace Place. We don't do something just because other churches are doing it. Let me tell you that if the latest and the greatest, if it fits, say if it fits. If the latest and greatest fits inside our core values, we will consider it. If it doesn't, we won't. That's pretty clear, amen? Notice the next thing about excellence, and that is I want to talk about our dedication to excellence. Our dedication to excellence, Colossians 3 and 23 says, work willingly at whatever you do. And notice the next phrase. Listen, get this this morning. If you don't get anything else, get this scripture. Colossians 3 and 23, work willingly at whatever you do. Notice this next phrase, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Listen, this scripture should give us a whole new perspective on excellence. Think about this scripture. Think about this scripture the next time you step on the platform. Do it as though you were working from the, for the Lord and not for the, for the people. Think about this scripture the next time you step on the platform. Think about this scripture the next time you put on a vest as a parking lot attendant. On vacation last year, I went to a new church in Arkansas, and uh, you know what? If it was up to the parking attendant, I wouldn't even have gone in the building. Because, yeah, they were telling me where to go, but they were telling me with a scowl on their face, with a frown on their face, like, you know, you get over there. And I wanted to stop, and I wanted to say, hey, buddy, do you understand you're the first face that I've seen at your church? I don't even really want to go in here, the preacher, because you just gave me a dirty look, and you just... Gave me this, you know. Hey, how about? (laughs) Think about it. Amen. Amen. Think about that scripture the next time you step into your Royal Ranger class. Think about that scripture the next time you step into your girls' ministry class or whatever ministry you're involved in. Listen, let me tell you that I've been preaching for over 45 years now, full time. For over 45 years, I preached full time. I have... I have bookshelves, I have rows and rows and rows of binders full of sermons. 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons that I have preached. And, and, and I have thrown away hundreds of sermons in order to make room for the hundreds I still have. Let me tell you, I could recycle these sermons and never study another day of my life. But let me tell you this morning, I study and I prepare more now than I ever have. I study more now. I, I pray more now. I depend more on the Holy Spirit now. I prepare more now than I have ever prepared in my entire ministry. Why? Because I'm, I'm dedicated to excellence. And listen, although I know I could fool you, I know I can't fool God. And I'm more interested in pleasing God than I am in pleasing you. And I know that one day I'm going to give an account to him and one day he's going to ask me, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you do the best you could with what you had? Oh, let me encourage you this morning. If you are part of any ministry at the Grace Place, I challenge you today. I challenge you today. Dedicate yourself to excellence. Do the best you can with what you have. Whatever you do, don't walk into your ministry unprepared. If you're in Royal Rangers, if you're in... In girls' ministry, if you are in youth, let me tell you what, we are giving you a privilege. And we are trusting you with our children. We are trusting you with our teenagers and with our kids. Don't you dare go in there. Don't you dare. Don't you dare go all week long and realize I haven't even looked over my lesson. And then maybe grab it on the way and try and read it on the way to church on Wednesday night. Don't you dare do it. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Amen. Don't walk into your ministry unprepared. And remember, the greater the ministry, the greater the responsibility. And also understand this. People don't just listen to what you say. They watch what you do. I've told you about the time the man got in my face and he said to me, he said, I've been watching you. And then he said, thank you for living what you preach. Listen, listen, people don't just listen to what you say, they watch what you do. And hear me this morning, your influence doesn't stop once you pronounce the dismissal. This is true both positively and negatively. Oh, I'd like to camp here for a while, but I'm out of time. Our third and final thing I want to say about excellence this morning is, and that is our development of excellence. Our development of excellence. Proverbs 9 and 9 says, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Listen to me this morning. Our excellence today should be at a higher level than it was yesterday. I'm going to say that again. Our excellence today should be at a higher level than it was yesterday. And our excellence tomorrow should be at a higher level than it is today. See, the bar of excellence should continually be raised as our gifts, talents, and abilities mature and we become more skillful with them. I've been preaching 45 years. I've been pastoring 45 years. Oh, you might say, Pastor, I would have loved to heard you preach 45 years ago. No, you wouldn't. You're getting the best there is right now. Oh, those poor people 45 years ago. At the Grace Place, excellence is continually being developed. It's developed through teaching. It's developed through training. It's developed through developing. That is why when all church training is offered, you should come. And by the way, there's a volunteer training coming up Sunday, February the 18th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And there will be food provided. Of course, you can't have anything without food today. 
Let me also say this, when your individual ministries offer specialized training, if you're involved in that ministry, you should be there. And this is why every ministry leader should offer consistent training. Well, there they are. There they are, our seven core values. I've just described who we are. Our series is entitled The Core. See, our church will never be stronger. Our church will never be more effective than its core. Now, I ask you this morning, are you a part of the core? Are you a part of the core? And I want to say this this morning, the core has absolutely nothing to do with how long you've been at this church. Because sad to say, there are people who have been in this church for a long, long time that are not a part of the core of the church. And there are people that have come recently, they are a part of the core of this church. Listen, listen, the core has nothing to do with how long you have been at this church. It has everything to do with whether or not you support and align yourself to the core values of this church. I ask you this morning, have you aligned yourself with the vision and mission of the Grace Place? And I ask you this morning, if not, will you? Our takeaway is the same as last Sunday, and that is if we value what God values, we will be valuable to his kingdom. Can you think, isn't that awesome? To, can you even think about how awesome it is that we could be valuable to the kingdom of God? As vast and as great and as, as, as marvelous as the kingdom of God is, and yet to think that we could be valuable to his kingdom? But it's true this morning. If we value what God values, we will be valuable to his kingdom. And listen to me this morning, those who are valuable to God's kingdom, oh, they will experience his provision, they will experience his power, and they will experience his protection. Amen. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are leading, that you are directing, and you are guiding. God, you are leading, you're directing, you're guiding. Lord, we're going somewhere, and you're taking us somewhere. Lord, we're not just having church around here. Lord, we're not just consumed with what are we going to do from from 9 a.m. to 10.20 or so and from 11 a.m. to 12.20. What are we going to do? No, we're not just consumed about how we're going to have church. But, Lord, we've got a vision. Lord, we've got a mission, God. We are doing something for your kingdom. And, God, as great as the things that we are doing are, Lord, there's so much more. Lord, we haven't even scratched the surface, God. Oh, we brag about what we're doing for missions, but oh God, if truth be known, only a small percentage of people are genuinely, genuinely on board with the missions ministry of this church. God, what could it be if everybody caught the vision? What would it be if everyone, everyone embraced the values of this church? What could this church become? What could we do? What could we accomplish? Oh, God, I pray again, God, help us, Lord, not just to hear your word, but help us to heed your word. Don't just hear your word, but help us to put into practice the word that we receive.